welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbox. Built a little IPA on the old laptop there, but how are we doing? Oh, we're doing great. I uh, I closed the laptop, so we're good. Oh, the old closed lid strategy. I like it. Um, Trey, Stinky Fingers Jose, also here with us. And I didn't spill any beer. Left the laptop open. I'm a risk taker. He's a true <laughs> professional, ladies and gents. Uh, he doesn't care about his 20-year-old laptop. It's <laughs> <laughs> 10 years old. He's running like a top. And she's got a brand new hard drive, so she's rebuilt yeah. and ready to run. <laughs> Classic surgery, baby. <laughs> only got 30 minutes on this hard drive, guys. It's only got 30 minutes. Yeah, that's We're a brand new motor. Uh, yep, we are the Fantasy Football Fathers. This is our podcast. You can find us on the Twitter at the FF Fathers. That's where we do our tweeting and our socializing now, um, solely only on Twitter, not in real life or anything else. I don't socialize, just on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) That probably sounds horrible. It sucks to sin. No, um, that is the only social media we're on, though, uh, is the Twitter. So, you can find us on there. That's where we post all our episodes. Um, and, yeah, ask us questions there. Um, if you're new to the show, this is our first year recording the podcast, so it's a little uh, meat and potatoes. But um, we've been having a good time doing it. And um, we are we like to consider ourselves veterans in the fantasy football uh, arena. We've all been playing for a very, very long time. Um I think 10 plus years under all of our belts, at least pretty easily. Um, so we think we can uh, help you or at least provide you a little bit of entertainment, fantasy football content, because we, we love that shit. <laughs> he's, he's being nice. I believe we will totally help you. Yeah. I just, I just, unless you are just an expert yourself and you think you'll never get anything wrong. I just don't see why you wouldn't. Give us a listen and listen to our opinions just because we never agree on anything and still end up doing pretty well in fantasy. I mean, at least one of us is right with everything we say. Yeah, so (laughs) you listen to us a third of the time and the percentages should work out in your favor. Um, No, but today we have our 1 through 20 running backs list. Uh, So we're going to go through the top 20 running back uh, running backs on the year, um, you know, according to half PPR point system. Uh, give us our, and we're going to give you our opinions on each of these guys, see really if their finish was kind of fluky or if it's something that we should expect again next year um, and where they might move in the draft. Um, fo- focusing, uh, obviously, mostly on redraft uh, leagues. But, um, yeah, so let's uh, let's dive right in, huh? Yes, sir. Uh, first, of course, the man, the legend, Jonathan Taylor, finished uh, first on the year, um, 353.1 half PPR points total on the year. Played in 17 games, averaged 20.8 points per game. Um, finished number one in consistency, finished as the RB1, finished as an RB1 76% of the time. Which, uh, by our by this consistency chart, if you scored more than fourteen point one four points, that's considered an RB one finish. So he did that seventy six percent of the time, and he finished um, as an elite running back forty one percent of the time. 
And I think uh, the measure is, is 21.01 points for any elite finish. So greater than or equal to that number gives you an elite finish. He did that 41% of the time. Um, so pretty good year for old JT. And I think his ADP was like eight. So you got him at the back end of the first draft or first round and probably won you a championship. Uh, is he your guys is easily your 101 for 2022 or does the quarterback uncertainty give you any pause? Not definitely RB1 next year. I think there's like no question about it. I mean, you had 353 points on the year. That's 50 points ahead of Austin Eckler at two and um, 90 points ahead of Joe Mixon. Rough math there. And Joe Mixon was third. So obviously the dominance is it's proven. Yeah, and quarterback yeah. play doesn't bother me at all because he is the focal point of the offense regardless of who's at quarterback. Um, if they get an upgrade there that I think only opens up the offense, it could make it even better. Yeah, for sure. I think Derrick Henry's the only guy that you can bring into conversation there, but just because he was on a historic pace. But uh, Jonathan Taylor's easily the safer pick at this moment in time. Um, so quick work there on Jonathan Taylor. He's a top guy next year. Austin Eckler finished as the RB2. He was drafted as the RB11. Uh, he finished second as well in consistency. Um, over the last three seasons, Austin Eckler has been the seventh most consistent running back. So in dynasty leagues, you've had a top 10 guy, top eight guy, top seven guy (laughs) the last three years. That's what that stat means. Uh, this year he finishes an RB one 75% of the time and he's elite 31% of the time. I'm really liking those stats as far as like where they're like how how often they're finishing at RB one and being like finishing an elite status. Yeah. I think we'd all agree here. We've loved Austin Eckler, um, especially the last few years. And we every time we see his ADP in the offseason, the disrespect, we don't really understand it. Right. So um, it, it, I'm glad to see him finish at RB2. I'm curious if he's going to be undervalued next season also. Yeah. I, you know, I almost had that feeling somehow he will fall to that, like, 9 to 12 range. Uh, like, every year it seeming, he seemingly does in terms of ADP. And if he does – you better be drafting him. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it, right? I mean, Tyler, do you have a different opinion? No, not at all. Um, well, I don't see. We have to get to like number five where I have a strong opinion on any <laughs> change here. So, well, just to kind of cover what the topic of the episode is, do you think he'll finish as RB two next year, or even like top five? Yeah, I absolutely. I think he's in the. I think there's probably seven or eight guys you can consider becoming top five next year. So like, it's whoever can like shoulder each other out. But I still expect him to be well worthy of a first round pick definitely right uh joe mixon finished as the rb3s drafted as the rb13 this year uh he finished ninth in consistency rankings um he's been 13th in consistency over the last three years and this year he finished as an rb1 42.11 percent of the time and was elite 44 percent of the time how do you guys feel about Joe Mixon's outlook for next year? Going to be playing in a Super Bowl here in a few days. Um, this honestly, that consistency consistency stat just shows like what every owner of him in the last few years has felt, um, where it's very much up and down. Now, granted, he was more consistent this year, as but you saw like right. If he was RB one, it was elite. If he wasn't RB one, it was down the dumps then. Yeah, and that's the scary part. Like, is he getting more RB one games in? Yeah. But, I mean, he's also going to have those games that he completely loses you a week. Yeah. Yeah, the inconsistency is a little scary. 
but I'm kind of beating a dead horse at this point. I mean, I've been saying like the the tape. He just looks so much better this year. Like it's finally everything seems to be coming together for him. And if he can put some consistency together, that'd be nice to see. I personally don't think he'll finish in the top five again next year. He's still going to be very worthy as a running back, though. You think top ten next year? He'll be flirting with it. That's, I think that's where he'll be around. You know, um, the the ten to fifteen area. Okay. Um. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. Um, Najee Harris finishes the RB4. Uh, he was drafted as the RB10. Uh, finished sixth in consistency this year. Uh, he had six, uh, 64.1% of his finishes were RB1 finishes, and he was elite 29.4% of the time. So for a rookie coming in and being top six in consistency and giving us the workload that Najee gave us, I think we're pretty blessed to have that but big question marks on the offensive line it was one of their weak points this year obviously big ben is retiring does that affect your outlook on Najee? do you draft him next year as a top six ish back with all the changes pittsburgh is going to be going through well i'll say this since we just talked about joe mixon i would take Najee over joe next year like easily um okay. we, we were saying before the podcast Najee finished with the most opportunities as a running back in his rookie year, you know, um, 401 total. If you combine his 307 attempts and his 94 targets, um, the next closest would be Jonathan Taylor, who's at uh, 383 or 380, yeah, 383 uh, opportunities. So, I mean, it's, it's such a great floor to see already as a rookie. And quarterback situation, I don't think matters because Big Ben was nothing special this year. I, I like that. Yeah, I actually, I, I would guarantee that he's a top five back next year Ooh, the old guarantee from the old, big herbie yeah the old guarantee but this, this is very simple for me if you look they have 32 million dollars in cap space this year they've already have 61 players signed to the team so they have very few free agents the major one is juju smith schuster which no one gives a shit about including <laughs> the steelers they'll let him walk yeah. so that means that they have a ton of space to go and bring in the one big need on this team which is offensive linemen yeah, well, they have the money. quarterback now too. I mean, they got to figure yeah, that but, out. Yeah, but, but they're not, I don't think they're bringing in a uh, an outside stud. free agent like yeah. Jameis Winston would make a lot of sense. I think there, okay. um, maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo something like it for a trade. But I don't think they're going to spend big money on a quarterback. So it means you're going to spend money on on the offensive line that only makes Najee Harris even better. They bring in a guy like Jimmy G and fix the offensive line. Like you love Najee next year. Oh yeah, I mean if you do that, they're Super Bowl contenders next year. Ooh. Jimmy G is basically just Big Ben to me. Game manager, can't really th- push the ball downfield that well. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but still in his years where he can be, you know, he's not his body isn't giving up on him, you know, like he's not the greatest quarterback in the world, we all know that, but he can manage games and throw checkdowns to Najee Harris. That's all we want. <laughs> I mean, if he can match what Big Ben did, basically yeah. what I'm saying, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, everything looks great for Najee, definitely. Uh, James Conner finishes the RB5. He was drafted as the running back 35. So quite the finish there for you, James Conner managers, uh, if you're able to draft him. Finished seventh in consistency. Uh, 53.33% of his finishes were RB1 finishes. He was elite 20% of the time. What do you guys think of this team and the outlook next year? I mean, Kyler Murray, the news today was he deleted all of his Cardinal-related photos on Instagram. And may or may not have unfollowed them. He did. Some people said he wasn't following them in the first place, but I don't know. So I don't know the truth on that. But um, what do you guys think of that? Well, Big Gary, do you want to take this? Because last week we were talking about James Conner, and I 
I was uh, under the impression that Chase Edmonds had more of an influence missing games, and then you kind of corrected me that Chase Edmonds was actually available for more games than I thought, and James Conner was still very productive when Chase Edmonds was available, right? He was, um, and I know you guys brought the touchdown vulture thing, and that's partially correct, but he was still putting up good production on a week-in, week-out basis with Chase Evans there, but I don't expect him to have this kind of year. I mean, because he what, had 17 touchdowns this year, which we know year-to-year that's touchdowns. Like, that's it's so a lot. many. Yeah, There's I mean, definitely going to be... He's probably coming back down to like the that. 8 to 10 touchdown yeah. range. 18 touchdowns, but yeah. Okay, yeah, see. So <laughs> like, crazy. like, I would expect his touchdown total to drop by... You know, eight to ten touchdowns next year. Uh, right. You know, basically being cut in half. So you're not, not going to get a top ten finish from Chase Conner. Kills your finish. Yeah, three point seven yards per attempt. You know, it's it's kind of yeah, definitely crazy that those things are going hand in hand. You know, the Murray drama. We'll have to see how that plays out. But I think the the you know the headline for James Conner right now is don't overpay for him next year. It's you know it's a dicey situation. Um, RB six was Ezekiel Elliott. His ADP was RB five. Um, he finished seventeenth in consistency this year, so definitely not the consistent top five back that you wanted when you drafted him uh, in the first round. Um, his RB one finishes were forty seven percent. He um, was elite only eleven point seven six percent of the time. Um, so. What do you guys think of Zeke? I I'm in the camp of I think it falls off. It might fall off a cliff here. Like he's been consistent over the last you know three four years or whatever, but I I just don't think you're gonna get a ton of those elite finishes, those 21 plus games anymore from him. Oh yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I think he'll be one. He, the first name on this list, I think that will really drop off would be James Conner and Ezekiel Elliott. They're both gonna finish vastly different next year so i mean I, I like tony pollard emerging and i've said it to you guys plenty of times like i just don't like what i'm seeing out of zeke just the tape isn't looking very good for me and his running style it's just it seems like it's deteriorating and the effort is um that's a bit of a reach but yeah i think zeke's gonna finish um outside the top 15 next year for sure Ooh, outside the top 15 see i don't I, mean, I i think he's gonna fall off some i don't think he's gonna be a top six or eight back next year I'm thinking he probably falls more in the 10 to 12 range. Um, and just so our listeners know, before we started the episode, um, only about an hour or so before the episode started, we did put out this question to our Twitter followers asking who they thought was going to be the biggest faller or riser from the top 20 list this year. And uh, at M. Hodgins 22 uh, said that he saw Zeke falling way back. Um, so I think he's expecting something more like Trey, like coming at, you know, out of the top 20 maybe, um, but for sure out of the top 15. Um I mean, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that that happens. I just don't see it happening yet. Yeah, I can tell you're a little apprehensive about it, but I mean, I I like what M. Hodgins said, you know. And uh, shout out to him; he's a new follower. He's new to Twitter, so if you want to follow somebody on Twitter, M. Hodgins twenty two. He does fantasy football stuff. He's a dad out there just sharing fantasy stuff, and we're fantasy football fathers, so we like what he's doing. Shout out Hodge. Uh, running back seven was Leonard Fournette. Overall, oh, Lenny touchdown uh, drafted as the running back 32 this year. Uh, so you got a nice little buy low there if you bought Leonard Fournette this year. He finished 10th in consistency. He was a RB1 50% of the time and elite 21.4% of the time. But 
Mr. Tom Brady has left town. He is no longer playing the football. Get out of time. Tom, get out of time. <laughs> <laughs> so this team is obviously major question marks for next year. Well, um, so is Leonard Fournette. He's a free agent. Leonard so we don't even know where he's going. He's a free agent. Ronald Jones is still there. Is fr- oh. Roger, Rojo's a free agent too? Ro- yeah, the only r- running back on the Tampa roster that's signed is Keyshawn Vaughn. So it's pretty hard to suggest what's going to happen to Leonard Fournette. I think it's pretty easily to suggest, though, that he won't be a top seven back next year. Or do you guys have different opinions on that? It's it's just too much up in the air. I mean, see where he lands and whatnot. But when he was there, he was like when he did get the opportunity, he was super productive. I thought it was interesting that out of this list, um, obviously everyone we're talking about is going to be rostered in the majority of leagues. But um, he was only rostered in seventy five percent of leagues, which is crazy to me. You know, with the finish that he had, so he was a great value for what he was. It's just oh for sure the situation. I think is just going to change way too much. Well, he did miss like the last what five games of the season, something along those lines. So I could see people drop him because like he's not coming back, and I need a roster spot, something along those lines. So maybe, <clears throat> maybe it has something to do with that. Yeah. Um. Honestly, for me on this, this TBD. I can't make any determination on on what his rankings to be until I see where he goes. His- CBD. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, which which BD's inflammation problem, <laughs> anxiety. Yeah, um, it's just one of those things like. I think he's proven that like he's becoming the back we expect him to be when he came out of college. Um, and the years in Jacksonville were rough. I think if he goes into another good situation, where does he go that improves his or is a good lookout? Dolphins or outlook. I mean, the, the Dolphins is, could be one. Dolphins. Um, okay. I, like I, mean, I think there's a few. I think there's a few spots that he he could go to. Um, I just I could see it up in the up with the Jets. The Jets' office line is getting better. Um, I think there's a few places you go. It's all depending on. Well, we'll get to a free agency episode later down the road, but you know, just off the top of my head, there's a couple places you go to still be very productive. He better not ruin Michael Carter's future. I like <laughs> it, it looks bright for him. He better not go in there yeah, and muddy Trey's that sweating up. over there. Uh, okay, moving on to eight. Uh, man, that was definitely involved in some news recently. Alvin Kamara arrested during Pro Bowl weekend in Vegas on a battery charge. Uh, initially the allegations seem pretty serious. Um, we haven't gotten any real clear reports on what this means for Alvin or his future, um, and specifically next season. Um, but for this season, he finished as the, uh, running back eight. He was fourth in consistency. Um, he was an RB one 69% of the time. Um, and over the last three years, He's stayed in that RB4 in the consistency rankings, um, and he was elite 23% of the time this year. But no Sean Payton next year. Uh, obviously, we're going to have to wait and see what <laughs> on this news and see if it affects his availability for next year. But let's say he's available and all things are good. Um, do we see it again with a Sean Paytonless Saints team? Um. Yeah, I think he's still a top ten back next year, regardless of who's coaching. He's he's that good of a talent, right? Um, and on let's I mean look at the that offense. There is nobody on that offense besides Alvin Kamara. He's the focal point, regardless of who's at quarterback, who's calling plays. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Alvin Kamara is going to have the touches as long as he stays healthy to be a top ten back. 
Yeah, definitely. And if they could get some other people on that offense to take the attention off of him, it'll help out a lot because his yards after contact took a huge hit this uh, this season. And as we know, he's a very elusive guy, and that's where he gets you know makes his money. So you know, if they get some people to distract away from Kamara, I I definitely agree with you. Um, he could easily be top ten next year. Yeah, look, I you know. I still agree with um, at Spalding Rob a little bit on Twitter, though. Legal trouble, no quarterback, and no Sean Payton. It's going to have a major impact on Alvin Kamara. He's, I'm definitely worried about you know what happens because if this offense is just a dumpster fire, yeah, he could still produce for you, you know, in that top fifteen, top ten range. But it's going to be you're going to be sweating it out. You know what I mean? Uh, especially if you take him in the first round and take that gamble. Could be a good value, on, though, next on year. On skill alone, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder how far he drops just because of all the, the the news. But we'll have to see how the legal news plays out. Honestly, I'd counter you on that by saying, look at what, when healthy, I'll throw that in there, what Chris McCaffrey's done on the Carolina offense, which isn't much better than the Saints yeah. offense in terms of like their weapons and who they've had throwing the ball. So I'd counter you, you there that I think Alvin Kamara is on the same playing field in terms of you know talent-wise as Christian McCaffrey, and so I think he still produces regardless. Yeah, but I think I think you're discounting the loss of Sean Payton a little bit. I mean, he's one of the best coaches of all time. I mean, it's going to have an impact on their offense, I think, overall. He's such a good player that I think he'll still produce, but I'm a little worried about the offense as a whole producing – which obviously limits Alvin's ability to score and yeah. make plays. Just, he was top ten while missing five games this year. Yeah. So, I mean, with that be, with that being said, I think regardless of coach, if he stays healthy, obviously that's with all these guys that we're talking about. If they stay healthy. I, I just I can't see him falling off. Right. Just a little preview for the next couple of weeks. We are going to be talking about coaching changes and the impact that it has on fantasy players on those teams. And I'm pretty sure Alvin Kamara is going to definitely be brought up when we're talking about the Saints. And they're changing coaching staff. So right. uh, keep an eye out for that in a couple of weeks. Yep. All the new coaches are finally like hired. I think there's no teams still. Nope. The last two were filled today. The Texans signed uh, Lovey Smith, and the Saints then signed Dennis Allen. Yeah. So My we'll dad's rolling in his grave. Longtime Bears fan, Lovey Smith. <laughs> <laughs> gave him a lot of bad Sundays. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Didn't Lovey Smith go to a Super Bowl? Yeah. He did. <laughs> he did. That was one good year, but you know, Bears fans would attest hey, to that. Hey, if they had a decent quarterback at all instead of Rex Grossman, yeah, he took they Rex probably Grossman won. to a Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's an achievement in itself. Uh, Cordell Patterson finished as the RB nine overall. <laughs> and how much money would you bet if I, you know, told you that that was going to happen before the season started? Five hundred. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. Um, I mean, those odds, you could bet a dollar come out like yeah. way up. Right. Uh, he was mostly added in waiver wires, but uh, he finished ninth in consistency. Um, but on this site, uh, this source, he was listed at only on the receivers list. So uh, it's kind of weird. But um, what do you guys think Cordell next year? Does he fall off a cliff? Does he give you another <laughs> – you know, top 15 finish, where do you, where are you at on that? I think it's a flash in the pan. It's just something that they, they took advantage of and people ended up figuring out later in the season. And you know, Cordero's production took a drastic hit as the, as the year went on. And um, I love to see it personally, but it's just not going to 
God, I hope I'm wrong, but there's just no way he's in the top 20 next year. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you on that. I got something to bring up. I'm just looking it up real quick. <laughs> well, are, you, are you looking at um, – is, is he under contract next year for the Falcons? Do you guys know? That's something I'm not really sure. I wouldn't be surprised if he was just on a one-year, just like how the way that he's kind of bounced around the league like that. Um, we can find out, but um, I think the end of the season really is a telltale sign for Cordell Patterson. Like, it's almost like they gave his body all he could handle, and then you know, I think it was week fourteen, week fifteen, maybe he, he fell off and just yeah, and he was on a one-year deal, so he's an unrestricted free agent as well next year. Yeah, and this is why I want to get. It. So we saw. I don't think people figured it out. I think he literally just broke down. So this is totally. by by far the most touches he had, even going all the way back to college. He had over 200 touches this year. His highest touch count in college was 73. So even like going, doesn't matter where you are, like he more than doubled, I think, any, yeah, more than doubled any like touch season he's ever had. And his base salary was 1.3 million. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's the veteran minimum. And he's 30 years old. He's going to be 31 next year. I mean, who I don't know where he goes, but there's no way he's going to be able to produce like this. That's the salesman of the podcast. He's just like, oh, this used car, you're not liking it? Look at the tread on these tires, baby. <laughs> a lot of tread left on these tires. <laughs> a lot of tread. Look at those tires. Yeah. Well, Cordell's uh, got no tread left on these tires. Yeah, those are bald. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with you. Don't don't go paying a crazy draft price for Cordell next year thinking he can repeat. 15th round. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, might be a little harsh, but, you know. No, for real. Like, that's, I mean, if he's there, yeah. Um, finishing as the RB10, Antonio Gibson, uh, he was drafted as the RB12. Um, he finished 16th in consistency. He was an RB1 50% of the time. He was elite, though, only 6.25% of the time. So that's the second lowest score on this list, tied with Melvin Gordon. And I think the only person that's less than that is Javante Williams. So, yeah, another surprise one there. Well, I mean, that's because him and Melvin, you know, cancel each other out, so that makes sense. Yep, so, but I think that is worth bringing up, especially for since a guy like Antonio Gibson, you know, it kind of seemed like he was dealing with, or he was dealing with injuries all year. Um, But I'm curious what you guys think of his outlook next year. If he comes back and he's healthy and, you know, he takes a workload that is, you know, an RB1 workhorse workload. I'm curious how you guys think he finishes next year because J.D. McKissick is still up in the air whether or not he gets brought back, but he is a free agent. So, well, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this. Like, I, I wouldn't want him as my RB1 next year, that's for sure. What, if, what if McKissick is gone for sure? I, I still wouldn't. I'd love him as my RB2. You'd be sitting great if he's as your RB2, but it's just um, I'd need to see more consistency out of someone that I'm uh, trying to secure as my RB1 for sure. Um, I like what I've seen, but it's just you know, I need a little bit more. I think he finishes about right where he's at, actually. I think uh, that 10 to 12 range is like perfect where he's going to be. Um, and I only re- I would say, say more because he's a very talented person, um, but this offense as a whole is – some of the biggest question marks yeah. in the league. I mean, that's that's what stops it for me is like the shitty quarterback play, the shitty offense. Yeah, and well, we don't even know who their quarterback's gonna be next year. Um, and I I know like the offense, you know, kind of 
lit a fire under their asses at the end of the previous season when they went yeah. through the playoff push and Taylor Heineke came out, played like Brett Favre, and it was all fun and games. It was great. And then you get Tyler Taylor Heineke for a whole season. You're like, wow, there's a reason this guy was bagging groceries <laughs> six <laughs> months ago, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, it's it's one of those things you kind of have to wait and see how, you know, things break out. I think if McKasick is back, that gives me even more cause for concern. Um, if he's gone, then there's some upside there. But, yeah, we need – you need something out of the out of the quarterback position in order to to give your guys some chances. You know, he's a good player. He's a great. He's a really good player. But it's just the offense as a whole, and whether or not he can sustain a full workload for a whole season. Well, even with McKissick there, he's still got fifty two targets. Yeah, so, they were they were nice definitely utilizing him more in the air this year than the than the than uh, twenty twenty, but. But we still. don't talk about 2020. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think he, I, I think I agree with Tyler though on that. Finishes right around where he's at. Uh, Nick Chubb finished as the RB11. He was drafted as the RB6. Um, finished eighth in consistency. He was an RB1 50% of the time. In elite, 35% of the time. Um, where do you guys see Nick Chubb next year in this offense and Baker Mayfield and? And all that fun. I, I, I he's part of one of the few like undeniable running teams. I think in the NFL, uh, pretty much put um, almost anyone back there, and they're going to be successful. He had one of the highest yards before contact, and we already know how explosive he is after contact. Just one of the best, leading the league every year, missed tackles, you know, things like that. So uh, I'm not really worried about Nick Chubb. Um, hopefully, you get like a full season out of him. You know, missing two weeks definitely hurts out of someone who's your RB one. You know. But I'm not too worried about him. I think he finishes um, higher than he finished this year, for sure. Top 10 next year. I agree. For sure. Uh, RB12 was Aaron Jones. And I think there's a, definitely a conversation to be had here. He was drafted as the RB7. He finished 27th in consistency. He was an RB1 just 33% of the time, and elite just 6.6% of the time. We definitely saw the rise of the quad father, A.J. Dillon, this year. So what a fucking nickname that is, though. <laughs> like that's so good. Oh, have you seen his quads? I have. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, but like, just it's it's smart. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Look what they did to my boy. Is <laughs> <laughs> your boy Aaron Jones? <laughs> yeah, look what they did to my boy Aaron Jones. I don't. I can't do Italian accent. Sorry. Uh, you know what's crazy is Aaron Jones. I think the last two years before this finishes like RB four and RB five somewhere in those ranges. He was definitely top five. Can he ever get back to that type of finish, or can we even expect a top ten finish if he's if if all is the same in Green Bay next year? I mean, if they're a smart team, it will we'll see what happens with every other NFL team when they find out that their backup running back is worthy of, yeah, you know, being the RB one. They're going to use both of them as long as they can. So I'm definitely worried by Aaron Jones next year and, and the emergence of AJ Dillon. So I think he's going to finish lower than where he's at. Yeah, lower than twelve. Yeah, he'll probably finish around like fifteen to twenty. I just, I just think the emergence of AJ, AJ Dillon is undeniable at this point. You really, he, he, he earned that nickname, the Quad Father. You know, like it's not just looks. This guy's got it. Yeah, yeah, and just for he did finish RB five and RB two the last two seasons. So, I mean, he was trending upwards. AJ Dillon, but he's he's too good. Uh, can Aaron Jones get back to the top five status? Yeah, just not in the Packers. 
Well, he, the reason he finished as <laughs> RB2, right, is because of uh, the amount of touchdowns he had, which is crazy, right? Like, close to yeah, 20 touchdowns. He had 19 touchdowns out here, yeah. Yeah, and then you got A.J. Dillon coming out, and it's like, if you got this guy, um, you know, a, you know, um, Aaron Jones takes you down the field, why would you not put A.J. Dillon in a runner in completely fresh? You know, it just, and I'm yeah, worried about he's it. he's 250 pounds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for me, it's if he's going to stick around in this range or increase from 12, the work in the passing game has to increase some more. It did again this year, but it needs to increase even more if if he wants to stick around in the top 10 for fantasy purposes because A.J. Dillon has proved he's a weapon on the ground and they have to utilize him. Honestly, I think the best comparison for what's going to happen in Green Bay next year for these guys is exactly what happened this year in Denver. Javante yeah. Williams finished 17th. Melvin Gordon finished 18th. I see that basically the exact same thing happening in Green Bay next year. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Ah, these committees are killing me. <laughs> uh, Damian Harris finished as the RB 13 overall. Was drafted as the RB 26. He was definitely a nice little steal in the draft. I know I was targeting him, targeting him in a lot of my drafts. Felt like a really safe like RB three pick. And definitely worked out if you didn't trade him away. <laughs> I, I got Thank good, you. I got good value for him if AJ Brown would have fucking not been hurt all year. Uh, but still, finished as the RB thirteen. That's super huge for your team if you're able to draft him um, as your RB three. He uh, finished twenty first in consistency though. Uh, he was an RB one forty percent of the time. Elite thirteen percent of the time so you didn't get a ton of those big splash games out of him uh but some nice production overall how do you guys think his adp goes next does it come up from like an rb2 status to almost drafting an rb1 or not quite that far he he was drafted as rb26 this year so you know an rb2 I think I just need to know more about what the Patriots are doing moving forward. I mean, they had a pretty good backfield this year with Ramondre Stevenson back there, and Brandon Bolden was emerging for a second as like a pass catching threat. So, but Damian Harris is one of my favorite players from the the year. I love what he did. He seemed like he was scoring a touchdown almost every single game. Just um, as much as I would like to say he'd finish in the top ten, it's it's too much up in the air for me. But he definitely definitely has the potential to finish in the top ten if you're a risk taker. And that that's not a bad risk to take, I think. Yeah, see, okay, here's the problem with me with that. It's that it's Bill Belichick, right? And, like, even though he they did kind of lean on him for the first time as an RB1 that they've had in a very long time, last year in drafts he went on average in round seven. I find it hard to believe that this year's year in draft that he doesn't – he'll make it past, like, round three. And that's too – That two, high, huh, you think? Yeah, because I think people are going to see him as an – a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. So, like, round three at the very latest, I think, is where he'll go in a lot of drafts. And I don't see that. I think that's way too rich for my blood. Um, and yeah. I like Damon Harris a lot. Like, I think he's the best running back on that team. But it's Bill Belichick. He goes with a hot hand. Damon Harris ha- has had games where he's had some fumbling issues. And this, you know the way that works. That Man, you fumble one time. doesn't matter what point in the game. You're done. Yeah, I, w- I would be very skeptical drafting him as an RB2, like as my second running back next year. Because I think that's he's, his ADP has to rise from 26. Oh, for sure. But if, but if you can draft him in the same spot this year, like if he falls to that RB3 range this year, I still think it's a, a nice draft in redraft. I agree. But if I, he's your RB3. Yeah, you're talking about if he goes RB3, if he goes anywhere, I think he's available it's anywhere a contract after year for, round five. For Damien. 
I think round five is probably the earliest I want him. I think that's a pretty good spot. Anything from there on, like that's that's money. Yeah, contract year. You you think they use the shit out of him? Hopefully, he has a big year. But he, like you said, it's it's old BB, you know. Hey, but first year without Tom Brady, and we saw that he actually leaned on an RB one. Yeah, more than years before. Definitely so shifted. The tide might be turning over there. Uh, the running back fourteen, Josh Jacobs, uh, Oakland, or <laughs> still doing it. Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders running back, drafted as the RB sixteen, uh, finished thirteenth in consistency. He was an RB one fifty three percent of the time, but elite only six point six seven percent of the time, which is on the lower spectrum of this list. Um, so. How do you guys feel about Josh Jacobs next year? New coach, Josh McDaniels. I think RB sixteen, um, I mean RB fourteen, where he finished is it seems like his floor to me. Honestly, um, this is the worst offensive line he's ever played behind. We touched on this before, like throughout the year. Raiders were always thirty first or thirty second in run blocking grade the whole year, and he still finishes RB fourteen. He's very capable, but they just have to give him some some space to move. And he didn't have it this year, and he's still, you know, produced as a you know as a, a nice RB two, which um, I think it's it's only up from here for Josh Jacobs as long as they try to build the team up. And with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the new uh, you know front office they got going on, I, I like Josh Jacobs next year finishing top ten. Yeah, actually, I, I actually agree with that. Um, I think Josh McDaniels is a much more creative play caller than. Uh, J- than John Gruden is. Um, I know people think John Gruden's an offensive wizard. I think that he's a little old school in his tactics, and it didn't always pay off for them. In the Raiders community, we didn't think that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hope so, but it didn't turn out. Well, we, everyone talks yeah. about, about John Gruden, man, like the quarterback whisper and crap. Like, if that's the case, then you have to like make it a priority, like to put your guys in winning positions. I don't think he ever really did. Yeah. I mean, Ozzy, if I go quick sidebar here, because I have this very strong take about John Gruden being way overrated. I think John Gruden gets a lot of credit for when they when the Raiders traded him to Tampa Bay and he went and won the championship. Know who won that championship for them? It was Tony Dungy, the guy who built the fucking defense. Right. Yeah. John Gruden got way too much credit for, for that Super Bowl. So that's my little tangent. I don't think John Gruden is that good of a head coach. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's a crazy take. I think a majority of fans that pay attention to that kind of stuff would totally agree with you. Yeah. I, I, agree. I would agree with you. Um Josh Jacobs also on a contract year next year, so he's got some incentive there to to show yeah. out. Uh, Dalvin Cook finishes the RB fifteen overall. Is certainly not what you wanted when you drafted him RB two overall. Uh, at least that was his ADP. Um, he finished fourteenth in consistency. He was RB one. He was an RB one forty six percent of the time. He was elite fifteen percent of the time. And I think you know, out a guy like out of a guy like Dalvin Cook, you want that elite percentage to be up towards twenty plus. Um, wasn't quite there. So um new coach on this team as well. How do you guys feel about Dalvin Cook? Do you think he you know, obviously missed some games to injury if he puts together a full season, he's a top five guy next year. I wonder where he's gonna be drafted. Well, he missed four games, and he finished in the top 20 only six times. The inconsistency is definitely scary. You know, I Dalvin, there's so much talent with him. Um, I There's a reason why he went RB2 last year, right? Yep. I still think that a top five finish is 
absolutely plausible for him. I wouldn't say guaranteed just because, like, there's a, quite a bit of running backs to compete with at that point. Um, but if you put him on a per-game basis, he finishes RB11, which and that's with, you know, the offense kind of struggling a little bit. Um, the new coach, who knows how that's going to gonna work out. But I would expect Dalvin Cook to go back to being, you know, pushing for a top-five spot. And with his, you know, poorer season this year, I could see him being, like, drafted in, like, the 8 to 12 spot in the first round, depending on the size of your league. And if you get him there, I think you win, period. Yeah, so you think he should be drafted, like his ADP should be top four next year or top I would five. say top six, um, but I think he's probably going to go more like between eight, eight, nine, ten. Okay. I think he could, honestly, Dalvin Cook has the potential to be your Jonathan Taylor next year. Wow. Not necessarily going all the way to number one, but that guy who's like at the bottom, the back end of the first half, that becomes a top five player. Okay. I can get with that. Uh, Derrick Henry, old King Henry, finished as running back 16, still in the top 20, only played eight games. <laughs> uh, his ADP was three. He finished third in consistency um, in the games that he played. He was an RB1 62.5% of the time, an elite 50% of the time. It wasn't 100? Uh no, I, that's what the stats say. Uh okay, <laughs> we can vet that if needed. But um, he definitely was on a historic pace uh, before the injury. Um, but Big Herbie, you were saying I'm I'm worried about Derrick Henry being able to withstand the volume, and turns out he suffered a serious injury off of you know a, a huge amount of volume. Thanks for the curse. Do you think it was because of the volume he was receiving, or is it just an unlucky injury? And what do we expect next year? Um, I mean, I think it's got to be cut part of the usage, right? I think it just has to be. You go back. I mean, he went for almost four hundred. He went for four hundred plus touches the year before, and three hundred and twenty-eight the year before that. And if you look back in history, like you've seen, like you saw the same with, with Zeke, he had almost 400 touches his first two or three seasons in the league, and has fallen off immensely because from that. And it's because he's injury riddled now. Like teams, like running backs, just there's so much, it's the most beat up position in the NFL. They get hit on basically every play from a distance. Not like linemen where the short hits, which I know can cause CTE and all that other stuff. That's a whole different conversation. But like running backs get hit hard on basically every yeah. play of the game. Yep. So. The the workload scares the hell out of me. And I said that going in, going into last season. And the first eight games of the, of the year, he completely proved me wrong. I was like, damn, this dude's like crazy. But then but then the injury happened. And so will he still probably, probably put up huge numbers for the games he plays? Yes. Can you ask him to play all 17 games? No. I would disagree. Um, I can, I, I can, I can see how that could happen. Definitely. But I mean, just like one year of injury after all that usage is definitely scary, but, um, I'm still on board with him being, you know, easily top three next year. If you, yeah, hopefully he stays healthy and it's, I mean, he already came back from the injury and played a little bit in the playoffs and he l- didn't look bad at all. So, I mean, I already, I already like where he's at at this point in the off season and he'll get a whole off season of work, getting himself back. So I like Derrick Henry next year, like to finish in top five. Is he your 102, 103 in redraft? 
Does McCaffrey sneak in front of him again? Does I mean you already said Jonathan Taylor's your one oh one, right? Yeah, I'd probably go JT, Eckler, and then Henry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean honestly, I mean I understand what you're saying. Like you're not gonna like I'm not I'm not gonna bank on an injury happening again. It worries me, but he's still probably draft the top five. I'm not sure if I go three personally. Like I'd like probably put Najee there personally that way, but I mean, the uncertainty definitely sucks, but it's not enough uncertainty for me to fade him in the first round. Yeah. Right right now, where I'm at, he's like a close second to JT, in my opinion, at running back. Like That's how I would draft him. So, I guess I'll keep him next year then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just think, you know, the talent alone, it, it does scare me a little bit, the injury, but he's a beast, man. I If he's there for me in the first, you know, three picks – in the draft, I'm taking him. Uh, Javante Williams, his ADP was 27. He finished 37th in consistency. Uh, he was an RB1 just 24% of the time. Elite just 5.8% of the time, uh, which is the lowest elite percentage on our list. But the talent is obviously there, um, especially you know for Dynasty. If you play in Dynasty Leagues, you're – Really excited to have John Javante Williams on your team. But what about for redraft next year? Melvin Gordon, contract year, but what if they bring him back? I don't think they do. If I'm gonna be I mean, I'm projecting obviously, but I don't think they do. I think they saw enough with Javante Williams to let Melvin Gordon walk and not pay him. Um, especially when they have other needs to worry about worry about, especially at quarterback and how they're gonna, you know, do that. So I see Javante Williams and we have uh our old buddy M. Hodgins, twenty-two, climbed back up on here. He agrees that uh, Melvin or uh, Javante Williams, you know, really jumps up in the rankings, and I completely agree. I think he's a yeah. top ten back next year. What do you think his ADP goes? It was twenty-seven this year. Top ten for sure. I'm drafting him in the top ten. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, like especially like you know the back half of round one, easy. Yeah. Yeah, if that backfield opens up and they don't bring Melvin Gordon back, he's definitely a top ten running back. I mean, just his um, his, you know, what what I like to call the fun stats for running backs. I mean, he was definitely up near the top for all of them as far as like uh, yards after contact, broken tackles. I mean, he had thirty one broken tackles this year, which um, I'm pretty sure puts him like at the top of the list for someone who's sharing a backfield. Yeah, he had the most broken tackles this year, one ahead of Najee Harris, who we just you know was saying had four hundred opportunities. Compared to Javante having you know quite a few less, two hundred fifty roughly. So I mean I think he's undeniable. If he gets the opportunities, he's the next breakout guy. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, his running mate Melvin Gordon finished right uh, behind him at RB eighteen. He his ADP was thirty. Uh, he finished twenty seventh in consistency. He was an RB one thirty eight percent of the time in elite, uh, just six point two five percent of the time. Free agent. Who knows what's going to happen with Melvin Gordon likely to be on another team. You would imagine they just give Javante the reins, still on a rookie deal. That would make the most sense for that position, but we've seen teams do stranger things. Um, Melvin Gordon probably won't be a top 20 back next year, or do you think he sneaks back in? I don't think he does. Uh, we we might have saw the last good year out of Melvin Gordon I think fantasy football wise. Uh, yeah, I mean, it obviously it depends largely on where he goes and 
if he be, if somehow he gets a spot where he is a true running back one, that changes some things. Granted, I don't think he's gonna be able to sign him for any team, and they use him as a sole RB one. Um, I think he's part of a committee, which means at best he finishes about where he did now, but more than likely outside the top twenty. Well, I mean, when we're talking about like possible destinations, whether it be like Dolphins, Texans, there's really not that many places who are really looking to replace you know most of their running back. Uh, room to sign a free agent running back yeah it's it's a short list um because as we've seen you know teams rely on the draft to draft guys that they like at this position and and hope they they turn out but that's the cheap way to do it that's how a lot of guys you know a lot of teams get a lot of value out of this position so I you know I see it a rough road ahead for Melvin Gordon yeah, the one thing to that, Denver is one of those teams that has a quite a bit of cap space, $40 million. Yeah, so if they wanted to. They, they they could bring him back if they want to, just to you know, not completely w- kill Javante Williams. Right, have another option. What's crazy, they have so much space because how much money they gave their wide receivers. The Saints need to probably pick up a page from that book. No, they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's that. <laughs> I mean, the one quarterback they do have on their roster that's any like good, he's like, okay, he's Drew Locke, but he's not a rookie deal. so Right. Um, RB19 was DeAndre Swift. Could be a big riser next year. Hopefully he can put together a full season. Um, His ADP was 20. He finished 11th in consistency. He was an RB1 53.85% of the time. He was elite 15.38% of the time. Um, So you definitely got a nice... um, Nice pick there. I mean, at ADB 20, he's, you know, flirting with the RB2 range, so you got a pretty solid RB2, um, you know, finishing as an RB1 for more than half of his games that he played in. But how do you guys see DeAndre Swift next year? Um, Crappy team, right? Probably going to be crappy again. They're on the rise. But I do have some faith in in the coach. I do have some faith in – in you know his style, I think those players play hard for him, even though they're on the lines. Do we see a uh, light at the end of the tunnel here for DeAndre Swift? I I think we might have seen what DeAndre Swift has to offer, um, and seen his ceiling. Um, when he was like really looking interesting to me was early, like the early half of the season when he was getting a lot of passing work, which is like really kind of solidified me, like thinking that he was usable as an RB two. But then with the emergence of Amon Ra Brown, Amon Ra St. Brown and um it's you know, his usage in the passing game took a huge dive the last half of the season. I'm not sure if that's the emergence of Amon Ra that happened in there. I know he did miss a few games towards the end of the season, but um once they kind of figured their passing game out, they definitely used him a lot less. And that to me that was his upside. Um Jamal Williams back next year. Yeah. Oh, man, it's it's a it's a little tough. Um, just trying to like throw some things together real quick. <laughs> As I'm, I'm stalling. I think you know, I think the I think the main point is he's definitely going to rise off of this list, right? I, yeah, games played. I think he finishes ahead of you know RB nineteen next year. Yeah, I could see him in that fifteen, twelve to fifteen range. That's where he belongs. So. You know, I, I think I might have a little more faith in, in, in this than, than you guys do. If you put his numbers together before the injury, he was running back seven. 
So that's with Jamal Williams being there. I know Jamal Williams missed time also, so like that had something to do with it. And then the offense, especially the passing game, picked up a lot in the second half of the season. So I think there's something to be said with this all coming kind of together for the for their offense as a whole, which probably means that he's not RB7 for the season, but I think he's probably right around like 12. So definitely an uptick, um, but I don't see him. I think he's, I think he's, I think we're scratching the surface. I don't think we've seen a ceiling. I think we're scratching the surface. I mean, would you feel comfortable drafting Swift next year as your RB1? No. Comfortable? No. Um, you know, but like early, I mean, think about first rounds, mostly running backs. You might throw, you know, a tight end and two receivers in your first round. Let's say you're, you're in a 12 team league, right? That means you're talking about eight running backs, one before him. So I would say that, you know, if you get him anywhere in the middle of the second round, you're you're happy. Yeah, let's say you're on the turn at the back end of the first, you're able to get like an elite receiver and then DeAndre Swift with like the first or second pick in the second round. Would you be comfortable then? My gut tells me I'm putting together a bad team if I'm doing that. I'd be comfortable with that. If I mean you're talking about back in the first round, so you're coming right back with a second pick. The, your top top running backs are gone, so this is like that's where you kind of are targeting an elite receiver. It almost feels like an Austin Eckler from this year, right? Because he was yeah. drafted as the RB eleven, yeah, skyrocketed up to RB two. Like he feels like that kind of potential. The more I, I think like, about it, I could see like in that time type of position, like back in the round one, you take like Devonte Adams, yeah, and obviously we have Aaron Rodgers situation that might change a little bit. Let's say you know. Okay, let's go Cooper Cup, like, just to throw another name out there. Right. Um, And then you turn around, you know, two picks later, three picks later, whatever it may be, and get DeAndre Swift. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could get comfortable with that. I don't know if he can if he has quite enough to jump up to, like, an RB2 finish like Austin Eckler does. But still, I think he could, he could do some things for you if he's able to put together a full season. Team loves him. They, you know, want to get him the ball. So... Uh, the RB20 on the year was Devin Singletary. His ADP was 36. Uh, he was 30th in consistency this year. RB1 just 29.4% of the time. Elite 11.76% of the time. Any real thoughts here on Devin Singletary? Or, I mean, do you um, see value in, in Devin next year? Or how do you think this plays out in Buffalo? I have no concrete thoughts on Devin Singletary. <laughs> like, this could go anyway. Yeah. I mean, if they start to use him and he continues to, you know, show, like, being a viable running back like they did at the end of the year where he became their workhorse guy, I mean, yeah, you're going to see a, a huge uptick here. Yeah. But I mean, over the two seasons prior, or two and a half seasons prior, right? that's not what we saw from the Bills. It's not what we saw from Devin Singletary. So I cannot tell you. My gut would say one way or the other he ends up basically right where he's at. Yeah, for the last few years, I've just avoided this backfield because of the uncertainty, and I'm going to continue to do that. And so I'm not drafting him or even you know looking to, especially at that kind of price. You know, I mean, ADP 36 this year was whatever, but you know, he, he dropped quite a bit, but I don't see another top 20 finish. Yeah, I'm pretty much right on par with you guys. Like, if, if I get forced to draft him and he's dropping in the draft, that's the only way I'm really – going after him in any draft. A couple uh, notable mentions here. Uh, Saquon Barkley 
can't talk about running backs without bringing up Saquon Barkley at some point. Um, uh, should I just read this one? Okay, at the Fantasy Nav says Saquon is a top five back next year, and you can book it. <laughs> yeah, that's Eric. Yeah, Eric Romoff. He's a g- good guy. Uh ton of good fantasy knowledge, so give him a good follow there, and he's quite funny on yeah. the old Twitter. At Fantasy Nav, N-A-V, not the Fantasy Nav, just in case you were looking to follow him on Twitter. Are we uh, buying his book, Saquon is a top five back? Oh, for a second, I thought Eric put a book out on it. <laughs> I didn't know we were getting that deep. That's definitely like the um, most wild take that we got from feedback on our Twitter when we were asking people to help us out and what they thought. I just... I can't get with it, but it's someone who could be great value. I mean, we know what he's capable of, but God, every single year it's just a disappointment. I mean, him and Zeke both. It's um, th- him and Zeke are both gonna be guys that are ranked too high next year, I think. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt this year, and was you know mostly right about Saquon. Obviously, Zeke still had a decent year or good year, but um, I'm just worried about this offense as a whole. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have to. I have to agree. I mean, top five like that's that's extremely strong. I don't see them turning it around and now do I now do I would expect them to finish top twenty next year? Yes, I'll say that as long as he stays healthy for the season, I'll give you that for sure. Yeah. Um, My issue is that like the offensive line is still terrible. They hired Brian Dayball, who put together a really good offense at Buffalo, but they're like allergic to running the ball, so. I I just it's hard for me to see that Saquon gets a ton of work. Um, I think Dayball does give him a boost. I think he does help. I just think it's going to take more than one off season to really turn this ship around. And you know we'll see what they get out of Daniel Jones with Dayball, but I haven't really been a believer since the beginning of Daniel Jones era, and I'm still kind of on that side of the fence. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see more out of Daniel Jones, but yeah, Coach Brian definitely needs to figure out how to move Day Ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And take some pressure off of Saquon because Get some blocking. You know, it's the only way to move forward is building around him and yeah. making that run game work. And the other issue with that too is like they have no money to help out an already poor offensive line. They're over the cap right now, um, so obviously we're gonna see being we're gonna see moves with cuts and whatnot to get them back under the cap, but like. There's no one to replace that for within the draft, right? To do that, but so far I know it's in a whole new regime, but they haven't shown any you know aptitude in drafting offensive linemen. Yeah. Eric Flowers was like one of their top picks. I think he was a top fifteen or twelve pick. He was terrible. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Hopefully they can draft a little bit better, but uh, not good history on that side. Uh, another honorable mention here in the last one: Rashad Penny uh, at Anderson Corey said, God, I hope it's Rashad Penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really a prediction. But More I think of a all, desperation. Yeah, but, but I think all Seahawks fans or yeah, anybody who yeah. signs Rashad Penny right. would, would say the same thing. Yep. Anyone who's a Seahawks fan or relies on Rashad Penny in fantasy football, especially from a dynasty outlook, if you've been waiting on Rashad Penny, you definitely have the same sentiment. Uh, shout out to those guys. Diamond hands holding on to Rashad <laughs> Penny if you're in a dynasty league. Can uh can he do it though? Can he break into? Can he get a top twenty finish next year in fantasy football? Shit, juicy him run the ball. Hell yeah, he can get there, but he has to have the opportunity. Yeah, and stay healthy. And stay healthy. Yeah, that's the thing. The one thing that's scary with 
if he comes back to the Seahawks is that you know he's now um, sharing carries with Chris Carson. Chris Carson, right? Because yeah. who's under con- He just signed, you know, coming into this year. Chris Carson's on the is signed for I think the next three years. Um, and I know I mean Rush, okay, Rush Shopping looked great, right? The last he led the league in rushing over the last five weeks. He averaged nineteen point one points per game in that time frame. By far the best running back in fantasy. Uh, the next close guy was actually Devin Singletary at four, more than four points behind him per game. If you average it out over the course of the whole season, he'd be running back three on the year. Right. But he's not going to be the lead back. He's been hurt over and over. And it's not like just one injury. It's not like it's like his recurring knee injury. It's like, no, it's a hammy. Then there's a knee. Then there's an ankle. Then there's an elbow. Like, the dude is just hurt. So, I, I, I don't expect him to be top 20 next year. I just can't. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't trust him. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to, but what we've seen is so promising. There's only been two guys this year who had a significant amount of carries, over 100 carries that had more than three yards after contact, and it's him and Nick Chubb. The next closest person would be Kashawn Vaughn, who touched the ball like 35 times. <laughs> so, like, I mean, that's why they drafted him in the first round, you know. You only draft a running back in the first round if you think he's got elite potential. But if you can't stay healthy, you just can't stay healthy. It's, you know, it's one of those things. Before before we uh, end off the episode, we left out one person, um, Scott Rainier, at Munder Difflin oh, FF. Yeah, dude, you can't. How do you forget Scott? Can't man. forget old Scott. That's one on of my, you, Trey. You're, it is on me, honestly. He's one of, my, one of my favorite Twitter followers. If you're on Twitter, definitely give him a follow. This guy puts out great stats. Uh, something like I use his um, his information and content every week when we do our podcast for start sits and waiver wires and stuff like that. Very useful information. I got a little song that came in off the top of my head, though. Like, you know, Scotty doesn't know that <laughs> <laughs> the boys and me use his content every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. They, I tell him it's my opinion, but it's really his. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Scott. Uh, I just love what he's doing. Had to give him a little shout out at the end there. Yeah, he's the one who gave the take on Cordell, Cordell Patterson. We did. I'm not sure we glossed over that, but he's definitely one of our favorite guys. As Trey said, like, Dude puts out great, yeah, fantasy like uh, on his graphics he uses, and he like the way he he maps out on Excel and every, whatever you know program he uses, like it is super easy to read, easy to follow. Dude, it's it color coded. It's, it's like legit. fantasy in depth fantasy stats for dummies. Every yeah. time I read it, I'm just like, damn, I I can read this. <laughs> I, I know what's going on here. He makes it simple. So if you want somebody that yeah really does give you insight on just pure numbers and what you can make kind of your own opinion he makes it clear for you on who to pick at munder difflin ff dunder mifflin backwards you see what we're getting yeah great handle uh by the way there scott uh we are at the ff fathers uh you can also find us on twitter there um and i think we're going to be going through each of the positions like this do a top 20 ish 24 maybe uh for each position well not for quarterbacks tight ends right that pretty much no, just leaves I, receivers yeah <laughs> yeah well, i don't know why we would do that <laughs> so we'll do like a 24 for receivers 12 for quarterbacks tight ends and some coaches content and then some dynasty stuff free agency stuff whatever it is we'll we'll be doing this all off season so hope to see you back uh for the next episode like follow subscribe if you're feeling frisky and uh thank you for listening Later.
Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Also, we're going to be getting on YouTube here soon. That is the, that's our next major goal. Also getting some badass intro music. So next time you hit click play on the episode, if it sounds a little different in the beginning, um, just embrace it because it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs>